everybody. It's Tracy. And in honor of the brand spanking new year, we wanted to revisit our episode from last year, wherein we share with you some clapbacks and our remember-lutions. And if you don't remember those, you should listen to the episode. It's a really, really great idea. So recently, we had our good friend Gene Denby on the show to talk about the recent um, hullabaloo. Is that a hullabaloo? Hubbub? Hullabaloo. Between Margaret Cho and a one Miss Tilda Swinton. And um, we thought that since we just had that discussion, it would be cool to rerun the episode where we were talking to Margaret about race and her job and being in the entertainment industry and so many other things. In the meantime, we are working on some really, really, really fun stuff for the year. I'm excited. Heaven's excited. The entire pod squad is excited. So please enjoy this vintage episode. Sit back, relax, relive it. It's really, really good, I promise. And we'll be back with some new stuff for you for the new year next week. Can't wait. Hi, everyone. I'm Heaven. I'm Tracy. (laughs) You sound unsure about that. (laughs) And welcome to another round with Heaven and Unsure. (laughs) (laughs) That was beautiful. <laughs> so we have an awesome show for you guys today. So excited! Ah! We're going to be talking about New Year's resolutions because mm-hmm. that's like, you know, it's January. That's what everyone's talking about. Right. But we have a little thing we call Remember-lutions. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> We're also very excited to bring back a little segment we call the Clapback. Ooh, so much anger. So oh much anger God. to give the world. We're, yeah, we got to talk about something. I'm hype. I kind of want to do clapbacks first. Ooh, okay, okay. We're going to be talking with legendary comedian Margaret Cho. We're so fucking excited. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to talk about everything from the fact that she smokes with Snoop Dogg. Right. (laughs) And really hard emotional shit like sexual violence that Mm -hmm. comes up in her work a lot. It's going to be great. Emotional journey. Come along now. Fasten your (laughs) seat. Yes. We're going to cover it all. (laughs) Let's start the show. Let's get going. Bum, bum, bum. So we're going to start 2016 with a clapback. <laughs> we're already just, just going off. Let's set the tone Tracy, of this year. it's been so long since we've done clapback. What is this segment? This is where we just clap back at shit that deserves to be clapped back upon. <laughs> what are we clapping back upon? <laughs> I am clapping back upon McDonald's supposed <laughs> all-day breakfast. <laughs> oh, my God. How dare you? What happened? So, you remember when everybody was like, oh my gosh, breakfast all day is going to be great. It's going to be wonderful. First I was of all, excited. yeah, why did it take so long? Right. That McDonald's was breakfast is like the best thing they offer. Right. And it's really good. Like sometimes you're just like, man, I wish I had a hash brown, but it's four o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah. I got to wait until tomorrow. And I'm probably going to sleep too long because they stopped serving breakfast at like seven in the morning, which is yeah. stupid. So they're like, hey, all day breakfast is going to be great. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I take my little black behind <laughs> to McDonald's at like, maybe it was like noon or so. I'm like, mm, <laughs> Not get... even wild crazy. Right, right. It's still a reasonable time to be having breakfast. And I'm like, let me holler some hash browns. <laughs> and I really wanted a McGriddle. McGriddles are so good. And do you know what they I told me? I think they are horrible. <gasps> I need a minute. The texture of that bread is like offensive to bread it's like a pancake anyways i'm not gonna yuck your yum (laughs) thank you (laughs) 
So I you tried order to get, a McGriddle for I some reason. I tried to get a McGriddle. And do you know what they told me? What did they tell you? McGriddles are not a part of our all-day breakfast. Excuse me. <laughs> what do you mean? And then she points to this little menu thing on the counter. She was like, this is all we have. And it was like hash browns and like those little weird burrito things, which I actually really like. <laughs> and like, uh, so it's all, it's and like, like a limited egg McMuffins. Menu? And that's it. Yes. Like three things, literally? Yes. It was like. Uh, I that's just felt so, I felt lied to. That's I so felt disingenuous. <laughs> right. Just just don't even just don't even bother. But like McDonald's never has shit. Never. Like ever. every summer you go to get ice creams, like oh I'm sorry, the ice cream machine broke. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's summer. <sighs> Do you guys want business? <laughs> Fix it. <laughs> right. I'm just I'm just, I was just so angry. You not should, angry enough to not go back and get of breakfast again at a later <laughs> yeah. time. But I didn't smile when I was ordering. <laughs> That's so upsetting and rude. It is because like they just hyped it up so much. And they then, really did. Like are you literally all you have is a hash brown. <laughs> How dare you, McDonald's? Either do it right or don't do it at all. Go hard or go home, McDonald's. Yes. And then somebody told me that whenever <laughs> somebody who used to work at a McDonald's when they were younger was like, Yeah, whenever they tell you that the ice cream machine is broken, they just don't want to clean it. <gasps> Get your shit together, oh McDonald's. Oh my god, I hadn't even considered that, but that's definitely what's happening. Th- they are a legacy of lies. <laughs> <laughs> that should be their, their cheeseburger and fries, more like cheeseburger and lies. <laughs> <laughs> Get out, Tracy. Get out. <laughs> In conclusion, get your shit together, McDonald's. Clapped back, old McDonald's. <laughs> I feel better. <laughs> <laughs> I've been holding that in for a while, well, since they started. <laughs> All day breakfast, quote unquote. Okay, Heaven, who are you clapping back upon? Oh, man. <laughs> yes, perpetually. All right, you know, it's a new year. Mm-hmm. People, one of their number one resolutions get is in shape. get in shape. But this is a problem throughout the year. <laughs> the problem is men <laughs> at the gym. Uh, men at the gym are the fucking worst. They're awful. Let me list the ways. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you go in there, you know, you're just trying to be healthy. Mm-hmm. I talk a lot of shit with no upper body strength. I'm just trying to work <laughs> on that. That's all I'm doing. I'm living my life. Mm-hmm. And then like you can just feel the gaze yes. whenever you're doing anything. It's awful. I feel like. There's very rare situations where we should be even talking mm-hmm. at the gym. Yeah. Uh, and men do not feel that. No. <laughs> Why are you always trying to talk to me? Because they feel like it's like their domain. Yeah. I don't feel the male gaze as strongly as I do, I think, in the gym. Mm-hmm. And I'm just proposing that more gyms have a women's only floor. Yes. Let us or live. Or like a room. At Let least. us work in peace. Mm-hmm. I will settle for a room. Mm-hmm. I used to work out at the Y in Louisville and they had a women's center and it oh was like God. just like the small room and like all your basic machines had some free weights and like a little yoga ball thing I don't think it's called a yoga ball <laughs> but it was great it was always empty I would come in I would do my little shit and then I would leave and since it was my first gym I figured that all gyms had like a women's uh, only like center so I moved here. You were sorely, sorely disappointed. Oh my gosh. I joined the Blink and it was the first time that I ever worked out in the company of men. Mm. It was the worst experience. Because first of all, not only are they like looking you up and down and like yes. patronizingly 
offering to help you with machines yes. and shit. Like somebody asked them to come and like save us and oh. like teach us these these machines are so hard. I don't know how to sit in the chair. Like get away from me. You get don't away even from work me. here. Why are you trying to explain you don't shit even to me? Go here. <laughs> <laughs> There's also so much peacocking. Like oh, men are just like God. strutting around and they're like in the mirrors and they're like flexing. The and grunts. Then they're like, yes. And like they are. You are not Serena like, Williams. There's no reason. The machines. <laughs> and it's just the worst. There's like curves, which is like the women's gym, but there's mm. not enough locations for that even to be a viable option. Also, curves kind of sucks. It's it weird. seems like a very suburban white. Mom Everything thing. is pink. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, y'all, this is a lot. I just yeah. want a different space. Yeah, no. <laughs> I feel like it's super easy to have a women's only floor. It is or section, mm-hmm. and like that would help your business, gym owners. <laughs> Listen to me. I just want. I just want to be healthy. Uh huh. I'm not even and trying not to do anything bothered. crazy. Yeah. I yeah. I've just I've been thinking so much about every single place in my life where I just am trying to live. Mm-hmm. Literally, just exist is and the primary goal. The way. <laughs> yes. And men just get in the way. They just, just pop up live. like, oh, I see you're trying to mind your business. <laughs> I see you're just trying to live. <laughs> How can I impede on this? <laughs> I don't even know if this is a clap back more. <laughs> a weary resigned <laughs> sigh. <laughs> just please do better, gyms. Gyms get it together. Men, men get it to be- like, as I usual, get it together. Don't, don't be this way. Well, yeah, just mind your business. Leave us alone. Leave Let us me alone get upper now. body strength and peace <laughs> so that I can punch you next time. <laughs> That's all I'm working on. I'm really working on it, guys. <laughs> Do you have any New Year's resolutions, Tracy? No. I stopped making New Year's resolutions a couple of years ago because I never Why? keep them. Mm. And then when I don't keep them, I beat myself up about not keeping them. Yeah. And it just makes me feel shitty. Yeah. So I, I don't do that anymore. But as of last year, mm-hmm. my friends and I back in Louisville, hey, Chanda, hey, Janelle, hey, Deidre, how y'all doing? <laughs> okay. Um, we got this idea to... Um, make a jar like a little mason jar like you decorate it with whatever you want Mm -hmm. and the idea is that through the year you take like a little slip of paper and whenever something good happens when you're feeling good about something Mm. you write it down you put it in the jar and so at the top of the year rather than like being like i'm gonna change my life this Mm. is gonna be the year that everything changes you read through all the great things that happened to you over the past year and you just reflect on the mm. good shit that happened and you just sit and you feel good and then you're all excited and energized to feel next year's jar with Aww. great memories. I'm really glad you made me do this last year. Yes, same. I put a picture <laughs> of Northwest as my guiding light. <laughs> Northwest and Blue Ivy. It's like, get me through this year. Yeah. So what are the kinds of things you remember though? It would be big stuff like, we got invited to do the pop-up tour. Like, I wrote that down mm-hmm. and put it in there. And then when we finished it, I wrote, I thought I was going to die several <laughs> times, but I did it, and I'm so proud. Yes. And then, like, also smaller stuff. Like, I came to work today, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to, but I did it anyway. Yeah. Or I'm wearing, like, some dope socks, and I feel, like, really warm and fuzzy, and it's a good feeling. Like, yes. just something that I want to remember. Oh, that's beautiful. I highly recommend it, because <sighs> revel. Revolutions. Revolutions, <laughs> revolutions are great. Revolutions are hard. <laughs> resolutions, however. I've learned with the trick with resolutions is you have to keep them super, super small and manageable. Yeah. You know what? I lied a little bit. I did make a resolution last year, mm. and my resolution was to use an emoji. Because <laughs> I didn't and use And now you're killing the emoji game. <laughs> I, sometimes I will use three emojis in one. <laughs> Look at you. Look at me. <laughs> crushed that resolution. I crushed it. One of mine was to take more selfies. Just uh-huh. I... I 
there was a year this wasn't recently there's was just a year i realized i didn't have that many pictures of myself i was like what what happened this year <laughs> it's like you gotta do better you gotta see how how dope you look yeah, every day yeah you don't even have to post them you just take just the picture take that's a very manageable resolution yeah i'm definitely highly recommend selfie. it that's a good resolution so yeah, we highly recommend making a Remember Lucian's Jar. There's a post about the Re- Remember Lucian's Jar process on BuzzFeed.com. We will share that with you all if you follow us on the Twitters. If you look at that post, the one with Blue Ivy is mine. <laughs> <laughs> so make a Remember Lucian's Jar for this year and tweet us pictures. We want to see like how you decorate them. Yes. Mine just had like little sparkly things on it. I took some letter sticker things and put... Everything is okay on mine. Mm. And it's kind of cool because since the jar is clear and the stickers are like silver, you can't really see them until the jar gets filled up. Oh, my God, Tracy. Oh, no, it's my jar is so dope. So <laughs> tweet us pictures of your jars and buy some pretty paper to write down all of your good feelings and accomplishments on this year. And the next year, have an entire bottle of wine and just yes. go through your jar and, and reflect silently. on how dope. <laughs> yes. I don't know how one your cackles year was. silently. <laughs> And be kind to yourself this year. That's the resolution that we should all make. Be kinder to yourself. All right, so we will be back in a second to talk to the legendary Margaret Show. But first, can we get some refills? We're going to get more drinks. For some reason, if you don't know who Margaret Cho is, she is a legendary comedian, a musician, oh. an author, an actress, an activist, a sexpert. <laughs> yes. Three-time <laughs> Grammy-nominated, Emmy-nominated. You have a new show in development for Amazon called Highland. You're going to be the co-host Ooh. of Fashion Police for the coming 2016 award season. You have your own podcast called Monsters of Talk. Um, so she does it all, ladies and gentlemen. Literally everything. Yes. Welcome to yes. the show, Margaret. We're so happy. Yay. Thank you. That's so nice. Thank you. What a great introduction. Thank you very much. We're connecting with you from London. So this is very exciting. Margaret is drinking wine. Even though she cannot be with us in person, she's with us in spirit. We appreciate (laughs) that. I know. Celebrating. We're celebrating our love. Yes. So we like to begin all our interviews. What do you do and why? I am, I think, identified closely, uh, most closely, and I think this is everything. I'm just a stand-up comedian. And then everything else that I do is just another expression of that. So whether it's music or writing or activism, it's really just stand-up comedy. So I kind of just do one thing. Why? I had really very vivid dreams about it when I was very young. And I remember seeing Joan Rivers on television when I was really little and really understanding that that was my job. And I started very young because I I had kind of a really difficult childhood, so I wanted to be an adult right away. Mm. And I knew that as a performer, I was safe, so I had witnesses. So I felt safe on the stage as I did not feel safe anywhere else. So that's kind of why I do it and why I still do it. It's where I am safe, I think. Mm. Mm. That's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. So you're kind of far away from us right now, so you can't see us, but we are two brown ladies. (laughs) How often are you interviewed by women of color? Not often enough. And Mm. nowadays it happens much more often. And it's fun now because we can now really get mad at white people openly (laughs) when we were just really secretive about it before. It's so therapeutic. Now... Yeah, it's so funny because white people get so upset and so mad <laughs> after all of these 
many millennia of privilege, mm-hmm. diversity is really hard to take. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and it's really funny to watch them try. <laughs> <laughs> it's that all lives matter attitude that mm. is so racist. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, well, yeah, of course all lives matter, but this is not what we're talking about. Right. You know, they really try to divert any conversation about race. And they try to kind of give you that idea of you're a reverse racist, which does not exist. Mm-hmm. There's also some white people you meet where you're just like, yo, you wouldn't last one day as a person of color. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you're upset I'm suggesting something you said was like not great. Right. Or you're upset that I, I'm talking about racism and it makes <laughs> yeah. you uncomfortable. Imagine if you were actually affected by it. <laughs> you would have a tough life. It's hard, though, because you see that they're trying to apply the logic that they've always had at their disposal that has always worked for them but now it doesn't Mm -hmm. and so it's desperate there's so many people who are real white people who really get it and who Mm -hmm. have gotten it for a long time Mm -hmm. and um, that's great but there's a whole bunch of argumentative people who just want to tell you and explain, white-splain, man-splain. I love the, the, all of the different kind of splaining that happens where they've got to just tell you, well, see, no, you don't understand. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the tyranny of white men, <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about the conversations in the last year about late-night comedy hosts. So, like, mm-hmm. on the outside, we have, you know, like, your name comes up because we're, we're like, yeah, Margaret Cho's dope. Why doesn't she have a show? But, like, on the I inside, what is it like? What were the conversations like? Well, I mean, I, I've wanted to do it. I've wanted to do it for a long time. I, I've uh, definitely made a lot of effort to try. It is an impenetrable world for some reason, even though uh, now we have um, Samantha Bee's show and then Joy Behar had a show. Um, I think that, that this space would be great for a woman. I, I do believe it's going to be a white woman mm-hmm. who does it, which is a uh, Kind of, it is a white world, that world. I mean, it, with the exception of Larry and uh, Trevor, I don't know. I mean, and of course, Arsenio, which Arsenio's show was great. I loved the Arsenio Hall show. Absolutely loved it. He was great. Mm-hmm. He is great. You know, and he really took me under his wing. He was my Johnny Carson. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, I think there's got to be a, a female presence late night. I, and I don't know if it will be a woman of color, unfortunately. I mean, I would love for it to be myself or, or Wanda Sykes. Yes, mm-hmm. Wanda. a genius, a bona fide genius. There are other platforms where we are thriving, and that is on the Internet. That is, um, in so many ways, uh, our own place, like whether it's the stand-up comedy stage, whether it's our tours, whether it's um, podcasting, whether, it, you know, there's so many places for us to shine where we will get seen. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, you know, I don't think that we can rely on these structures that exist within these institutions that have never allowed us to Right, be. right. So speaking again of racism and white people, <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about what it's like to be a performer of color in such a very, very white space like comedy. Mm. You got a lot of criticism for the impersonation of Kim Jong-un that you did and it's really interesting because it seems like the people that were most offended or at least like talking out, speaking out about it were white people. It was all white people. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) How does like the white gaze affect your comedy? Like making fun of like yourself and your people is like one thing when you do it with your own folks, but to do it in front of the oppressor and like in front of white folks, are you worried about perpetuating stereotypes? Do you worry and wonder a lot about white people think? Do you prioritize it? How do you approach it? I don't know. 
I think for me, it's just about telling my stories and talking about my life and and the experience that I have. I am of North Korean descent, and and so when I do an impression of Kim Jong Un or Kim Jong Il or any of these characters, um, they're not taken from from the news or anything. They're not direct because there is no actual recording of their voices. Their images are so tightly controlled. We've never mm-hmm. really heard their voices in the West at all. So I take them out of my family, people I know. Uh, so I don't know. I just kind of tell my truth. Um, I'm very close to Dave Chappelle, and, and he's one of my heroes. Mm-hmm. And he's somebody that walked away from right. $50 million because he did not like the fact that white people were laughing at the wrong things. Mm-hmm. And that's so, he has so much integrity. So he doesn't care about the money. He cares about the message and and what people are really getting from what he does. I have less integrity than that. (laughs) I just kind of try. (laughs) I'm just trying to make a buck. I don't know. You know, I'm also from the old school of like, I'll just take anything. I don't care. I don't have that enormous strength of character to question so so much i wish i did maybe someday i'll get there same i don't have it either i feel like you want me i to wish i did how much money we recently talked with uh, the comedian aparna nantrella and she mentioned that oh she's great she, i love her she mentioned that women comics don't get nearly as many groupies as men do you've been touring for a long ass time what is your groupie situation there's a certain kind of woman who becomes a comedian, and that, that's the kind of woman in general who does not care at all about men. <laughs> There's something about women in comedy. Accurate. And it, yeah, it's like, they're, they're, that's why I think there's, a lot, there's quite a lot of queer women in comedy, but that, mm. it's not about queerness. It's really about, we just don't care about yeah. what men think. Mm. Right. And that's really a, a, an off-putting thing. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're talking about other women being interested. Yeah, like female groupies for sure. Yeah. And um, queer groupies for sure. That's a major part of um, sort of the groupie scene. But when you're talking about heterosexual men, mm. because we don't care, and that is the statement of being on the stage and talking about our lives, that in itself is such a feminist act mm. that it's very off putting to heterosexual males because. Mm-hmm by the nature of society and how we are supposed to kind of act and how we're socialized, it's it's a very, it's an aggressive act to mm. take the mic. Right. Then when you do have groupies, they're usually very famous, very successful men who are not threatened. Mm-hmm. So you get into like the celebrity realm or the area of where men are very, very accomplished and they don't care that, that you don't care about them. <laughs> This is fascinating. I know. <laughs> Tears. <laughs> so we introduced you at the top of the interview as a sexpert. Mm-hmm. You speak very, very openly and hilariously and smartly about sex. Everyone says that sex gets better as you get older. This is something that I'm very interested in as a 30-plus woman. Uh, do mm-hmm. you find that that is true? Like, when were you having the best sex of your life? It's a continual discovery. You know, Mm -hmm. it's back and forth. It's not that you get to a place where, oh, finally, I'm here. Mm 
Mm-hmm. It's a constant reconnection. You know, I'm quite a lot older too. I'm 47, so the the age that I'm at, it's it's always it's coming in waves. It's really good, and then it it goes away. And the the amount of time that I spend not eating right or not sleeping or working too much or whatever that I don't spend with myself, um, then it wanes. So it just depends. It gets better when you when you take that time to make it better for yourself. Women uh, find great satisfaction later in life because they know themselves better and mm-hmm. that's the best part about having a body you get to know it over mm-hmm. time that's beautiful yeah yes thank you in addition to talking frankly about sex you also talk very openly about sexual assault and violence you made a new song called i want to kill my rapist with a video yes. that was incredible the video was thank so great you. it uh, features yeah. an yeah. army of like young girls like training and working out so that they can yes. physically overpower like the rapist yes. in the video is amazing. The star, she's, uh, for, I consider her the star. She has the, the she jumps up with the knives. Mm-hmm. She's a, a wonderful, wonderful martial artist and an actress. And uh, she put her abuser in prison at six years old. Wow. She stood on the stand and put him in prison forever. Wow. It's powerful. So when you can harness that energy of really, really powerful, young, young girls and, mm-hmm. and, and let them know that their bodies are their own country, that we have to practice body sovereignty. And if you cross our mm. borders without permission, there will be consequences. Right. This is important. And people don't like to talk about rape. They don't think it's polite conversation, but so many suffer. And it's men and women. The silence and shame around it is not ours. You know, it's mm-hmm. nobody's fault that this happened. And I just have had a lifetime of experiences that I could have avoided if I had acknowledged my own childhood trauma. You know, it's a very uh, difficult process, but I think it's important. And, and we can learn to heal both ourselves and others through harnessing this rage. And mm. as women, we're often considered like we're not supposed to be angry or we're supposed to forgive. And mm. I yeah. honestly don't believe in forgiveness. That's actually <laughs> that was one of my questions. The idea of like a woman who will not forgive men for all the bullshit that they do is like something that causes like a lot of like hysterics in men, I find. Mm-hmm. If you don't believe in forgiveness, what was your healing process like then? I'm healed by the cathartic power of rage. And mm. anger serves as my bodyguard. Mm. You know, I, I am that. <laughs> That's beautiful. I'm unafraid to hit and unafraid to call out bad stuff when I see it and I'm unafraid Mm. to make a fuss and Mm -hmm. um, scream about it you know people are so afraid of women and if we really understood the power that we do have I think that we could collapse the patriarchy I mean we already have done a good job at starting to dismantle it Mm -hmm. but if we really recognized our own rage as positive strength it Mm. it could be um, revolution anger is such a beautiful emotion yeah. It is. There's a lot of eloquence to it. I mean, you know, a lot of my comedy is there through it and and it's fun. And it's funny because it makes people nervous and mm-hmm. it makes people uncomfortable and they they want you to uh heal and they want you to love again. And I don't I don't know why it's so important for others to change my feelings inside or mm-hmm. why they've got to control my emotional life about yeah. it. I really love um, what you do with, like, the ideas of anger and rage. Mm, Thank you. Your 12 Days of Rage campaign was amazing. And this is where you made um, 12 videos. 
and release them one for each day. Like very, very short videos and you're just talking about your experiences with sexual abuse and assault. They were really uncomfortable for me to like listen to, but I couldn't stop like watching and listening to it. Mm. And it was disarming for me to see you like become emotional at times because you just seem like I think that you assume that when someone is so comfortable and good at speaking about traumatic things that they're like okay and like that they're healed do you feel like you're still healing yeah for sure and then you know I kind of thought it would serve me best if I went there emotionally with you know these just short videos and I was just very um honest and I wanted to be very brief and just let people know, okay, well, this happened, and I consider this rape. So many times, women mostly go back into our lives, and we go, oh, well, that wasn't really rape. Mm-hmm. Oh, that wasn't that bad. Oh, he was drunk. Oh, mm-hmm. I was drunk. They try to find blame within themselves, and I tried to look to my experiences and and remember the scared person I was in that moment and, and realize that that fear was the indicator that it was not my fault. Mm-hmm. And um, how many times I was robbed from my uh, truth because I was trying to placate others. Mm. Right. So it was a lot of buried emotion when I was doing those videos. And I was also trying to encourage others to do them. Unfortunately, I think it's too scary for people to yeah. do that. You know, and yet there was a lot of people who wrote about it. There was a lot of people who um, posted that they had the same experiences or they would direct message me and share their secrets, which to me was such an honor, but I felt so terrible that they would keep the secret from the loved ones or people in their lives that they trusted, that they couldn't really trust anybody but me who I didn't know them. So that to me brought me a lot of sorrow because Mm. I wished that they had the safety to at least tell one other person, Mm -hmm. but it's hard. It's very yeah. hard. How do you how do you take care of yourself? Where and how do you find the strength? Oh, it's you know, to me it's just I'm already safe. You know, I'm already I'm safe and I'm strong and I'm fine. You know, it's these things happened a long time ago. Uh they will not happen to me again. I I don't believe. Um and they're things that I explained away for so long mm. and allowed myself to uh give that other person that benefit of the doubt or um, save their feelings or spare their feelings or somehow try to placate patriarchy in general, the patriarchy that silences us. Did you ever see a therapist as part of your healing process? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I've gone through quite a lot of therapy, quite a lot of very intense therapy, both traditional and uh, then very experimental. What's the most important thing that you learned from therapy? I think that it's kind of something that didn't really help me. <laughs> oh, really? Say more. I, I'm glad that I went through it. I, I realized that I had more answers within mm-hmm. than I did uh, outside myself. And I think that's what therapy taught me, which mm-hmm. is good. You know, I would go to a therapist and then they sort of became my guru. Mm-hmm. And and then they, they sort of had the answers. I don't think anybody really has the answers. That's the other thing is I think that it's really all you've got to look within. But I'm trying to offer suggestions on how you can look within. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, the, the good thing is, is that going through therapy helped me to realize that I was right all along. Yes, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> So 
So we have so many more questions about literally everything about you in your life. But we Thank want you. to um, switch focus and do our fun rapid fire question segment called pew, okay. pew, pew, pew. So those, that's the sound okay. of a finger gun. If you're <laughs> Cute. feeling confused all the way over there in London. I like it. Uh, very, very random. First one is not very weird at all, but you have a ton of tattoos. Are there any that you regret no. Uh, the reason I have tattoos is because I'm trying to reclaim my body from all of the sexual molestation, from mm-hmm. all of the eating disorders, from all of the ideas that people put on me that my body was not right somehow and, and sort of not my own. So all of my tattoos are really symbolic for the kind of body ownership that I needed to really show. Mm-hmm. So um, they are kind of a flag in a sense of, of my own body sovereignty and my nation. I have really stupid tattoos too sometimes. <laughs> I really have dumb ones. I have the um, uh, presidents on my kneecaps. I have uh, George Washington and, and, and uh, Abraham Lincoln on my kneecaps. <laughs> it's Why so George dumb. Washington? Because it's six dollars. It's stupid. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know why, but it's just dumb. But that's the joy and beauty of having tattoos. You can have really beautiful, amazing ones. And all of mine are done by the greatest artists in the world. So mm-hmm. I, I have no complaints about the quality of them. But that some of them are really just dumb <laughs> and funny. Let's circle back to your kneecaps for a second. <laughs> Would you rather have eyeballs where your kneecaps are or kneecaps where your eyeballs are? <laughs> um... I think that it would be hard because you would get kicked in the eye all uh-huh. the time Ooh. if you had eyeballs on your kneecaps. You know, that's yeah. the thing is that that you would get kicked and then, but you might see things from a different perspective. <laughs> <laughs> but then when you, all that you would see down there would be dogs. <laughs> Oh my god! Which I like. Like eye level yeah, with dogs. If you're, if you're a super super dog person, it's optimal. Yeah, that I think. would be cute. Yeah, that would be cute. <laughs> so then, but then, would you have knees as eyes? <laughs> Jesus um, Christ! That's kind of weird. Did not think that question that far through. Yeah. So we're, we're just gonna move on to the next question. Um, <laughs> so, who do you like to smoke weed with? I love to smoke with John Roberts. Oh, and they, I do love to smoke with some people who are very famous, but who are. I cannot say. Oh. No, this is a safe but, space. No one will hear this, but our well, <laughs> nobody will hear this. of listeners. Did you mean John Roberts, the Supreme Court Justice? <laughs> no, 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 no. John Roberts. If only. That's what I thought. No, no. he's uh, the comedian. He's um, a wonderful comedian. Oh, he's on the show yes, Bob's duh. Burgers, and he does. Uh, Don't a mind video me. Don't mind me. Called the, the Tree. Uh, he's very funny. He's one of my best friends. Uh. So he's my 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 ally. I love to smoke with Snoop Dogg. Mm. <laughs> Ooh, who is not secretive about it to smoke with Snoop Dogg? I know. What well, he likes about? to roll. Ooh. He's a roller, so he um, he only takes about one or two hits off the, the the joints that he rolls, which are very long and very thick. And he has his own strain now, but before he exclusively smoked Wiz Khalifa's strain, which was huh. very very strong. What is your favorite like format of weed? <laughs> I uh, well, I like the way that Snoop does it, where Snoop will turn the joint into his mouth, and then he will blow the smoke out right into your nostrils. Ooh, it gets you really high because your nostrils there's far more receptors, and it goes straight to the brain. That I appreciate about Snoop. <laughs> yes, Snoop. Um, can you let him know we want to smoke with him? <laughs> yeah, he would love to. I'm I'm sure you should have him on because he's really a brilliant guy. Um, he's quite a bon vivant. I feel like you guys just had an entire conversation in Greek 
There's so much about <laughs> weed and smoking that I just don't know at all. It's very specific. Yeah, yeah. it's like, you you know, there's people who do it and people who don't. Um, for me, it's a very esoteric kind of spiritual experience. It's uh, you're kind of breaking bread in a way. It's a sustenance mm-hmm. um, that I don't think is for everybody. There are some individuals who get very upset by it and very paranoid and it's it's disruptive to their psyche. And also it can be very damaging to certain individuals as well. I think mm-hmm. it's not something for young people. It's not something for people whose brains are not fully developed. Um, mm-hmm. It's something that is for the mature person who's looking outside themselves for something else. And But it's not for everyone. So don't feel uh, like you need to do it. Because it's okay, Tracy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Who is the most amazing person that you know but no one else knows? I like Cat Black. Of all of the young kids coming mm-hmm. up of like political... Uh, vloggers, bloggers, activists. Cat Black is like really, I mean, I, I don't think that's somebody that no one else knows. I think everybody knows who she is. Mm-hmm. But uh, she's an incredible uh, young trans woman. She's always on everything and talking about race and talking about all of these battles. And she gives so much eloquence and voice to these battles that I have been fighting forever but don't know how to talk about because I'm still steeped in sort of colonialism you know I still Mm. have like one foot in there you know I'm still like running after like the white lady like with an umbrella (laughs) like you know it's still kind like I'm still like part of the Raj like it's very I'm I'm still like in Shanghai in the 30s like there's part of me that's still in the old world smoking opium and letting British people do whatever they want so I think that's also what makes me welcome in these nations that I'm like oppressed but I'm kind of like the fun you know there's a little bit of me that's a little bit Charlie Chan but there's a new wave of activism it's like deray it's black lives matter it's cat it's disoriented comedy they do a wonderful uh asian american um women's comedy festival Mm -hmm. and they're all my children cat black i think i figure out what i want to fight about when i read her and and look at what she's doing oh that's beautiful Um, it's really good it's really good because i get a lot of inspiration from young people and i get a lot of hope I look to younger people to energize me and and, uh, focus me so that I I can sort of pull myself out of the patriarchy a little bit. You know, I (laughs) I just have a lot of resentment and the fact that I've kind of grown up in it. And Mm. and so I need to learn. Yeah. (laughs) We're all just trying to step outside the parcel of colonialism. Yes. (laughs) Right. And figure out who we are. Mm -hmm. But what's great is that they're scared now. You know, the fact that they They fight so hard, we do have media on our side because ultimately we've become the media because of the way that we've seen patriarchy create these structures that excluded us. We went on the other side and became journalism. We became blogging. We became popular opinion. Mm -hmm. And that's how we tear it down. That's what's amazing is that we realize that we... If we empowered ourselves with the critique, the power of the critique, that's our genius. Mm -hmm. So what you're doing is revolution. What you're doing is the best thing you can do for all of us, you know? We try. We try. (laughs) Yeah. It's tremendous. I recently rewatched that uh, that interview with Cameron and Bill O'Reilly. The You Mad <laughs> interview. Oh, I think yeah. right now the moment can be described as people of color being like, You Mad. <laughs> it's 
it's iconic. We're not talking about that interview enough. It's true. It's so good. We should revisit you mad? It's so good. <laughs> well, we could even take it back to after Katrina when mm. um, Kanye said, Yes. Bush does not care about black people. Uh, Maybe so that's funny. really what's well, that was the first shot. Yeah, mm-hmm. go off you know? on their own formats. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. And I always will love Kanye for that. Yes. Oh, we are big fans. Yes. He's the patron saint of this podcast. Yes. He's a genius. He's a musical genius. And not only that, a real social instigator. And the mm-hmm. fact that people are so enraged, that is white privilege not knowing what to do with black power yes mm. Ooh, Ooh, I love on it. that beautiful <laughs> note on that beautiful <laughs> beautiful note what are you working on now where can the people find your work what are you what are you up to uh, I'm very active on Twitter that's the one social media thing that I'm sort of always on at mm. Margaret Cho and um, I have a website margaretcho.com uh, Fashion Police will start uh, January 11th so I'll be on that for the next year but the Highland show will be on Amazon relatively soon I think we're, we're, we're right in the middle of kind of figuring it out so Ooh, that's I'm on so excited. it's a different definition of what an Asian American family on television is going to look like you know it's it's also uh, like a pot dramedy <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> Well, it's like Dallas, but instead of uh, oil, it's weed. Oh, my God. That's what God. we're experiencing I'm in, I'm in California. In. Yeah. It's um, the Kardashians <laughs> or Hempire, Ma'am. I like to call it. Wait, I just so got it. So it's going to be good. I just got it. The Kardashians. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's the Kardashians. Awesome. Look out for that on Amazon soon, y'all. Yay. Yes. Oh, and I have an album, American Myth, which includes Kill My Rapist and uh, other songs that um, will be out in April. So that's coming too. Awesome. Thank you so much for being generous with your time. The next time you're in New York, please look us up. I would love to. Thank you so much. Snoop and some weed. (laughs) (laughs) I will. And keep on fighting. You guys are amazing. Thank you. Thank you. We need each other. Thank you. That warms my heart. Time to buy a round, baby, come through. You deserve rounds tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that, Tracy. Oh, I missed that in my life. <laughs> Who are you buying a round for, Trace? I'm so excited. Mm. Wait, have I done this yet? I haven't bought a round for cheese yet, have I? Okay. I've, I fucking love cheese. You guys should see the fucking smile on her face. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Cheese is so good. And like, you know, like regular American cheese, whatever. That's fine. It's cool. But I'm mm-hmm. starting to get into like, excuse me. I mean, it's okay. I'm sorry. I'm not. Go- <laughs> I, just, I just feel like really judged this episode. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm it's sorry. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm going to let starting- your cheese rock. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to get into like fancy bougie cheese. Oh, look at you. Oh, my God. I love a charcuterie board. <laughs> A charcuterie board is basically just what like... What are the words you just said? <laughs> so you know how like you go to a restaurant and they bring you like this little tray of like meats and cheeses and like No, I don't know. Stuff. Are you kidding? Heaven. Oh my gosh. You, you think I go to fancy restaurants? I mean, not even fancy but restaurants. Have a charcuterie. <laughs> charcuterie. Like this beautiful tray of like cheeses that you've never heard of. And they pair it with like a meat sometimes and sometimes like a little sweet jam or something. Mm. So a charcuterie board is basically Lunchables for adults. <laughs> <laughs> Who does not love Lunchables? Okay. I just love it. I love to be given like random slices of cheese. And then they're like, this one has like a, a nutty <laughs> aftertone and the, and the texture's a little dry. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm into it. <laughs> I went to this place called Murray's Cheese Bar a while ago. Mm-hmm. First of all, there is a thing called a cheese bar. Yeah, what is that? They just got mad cheese. <laughs> and it is so it? good. And they have like, they call them cheese mongers, the people that work there. Jesus. <laughs> that's great though I love that (laughs) and like they have like you can go and like have your cheese monger pick out like a certain number of cheeses for you to just like try and so I went there with a friend and we were like we going all out Mm. we want the eight cheese special (laughs) oh my god and like it was such a fun like it was an activity we weren't Mm. just like sitting down and eating cheese and talking we're like okay let's start with this cheese how do you like it how do you feel about it try it with the with the locally sourced honey cream that's on the side (laughs) Everything was so good. Murray's Cheese Bar. I want to get married there and oh also gosh. be buried there. Like, I want all of my important life events to happen at Murray's Cheese Bar. When I die, bury me inside a cheese store. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Two chains have said that, I believe. He did. He said that, and I agree. I see why he did it. Cheese is great. Shout out to Cheese. Treat yourself, Tracy. Treat yourself. Everybody go get some cheese. Now. <laughs> Heaven, who's, who are you buying around for? I am buying around for a slept on album by Ooh. Emily Sunday. Are you familiar with her? I'm familiar with her name and her beautiful hair. Oh my God. She, so she's, she's so pretty. This British singer. She's way bigger in the UK than she ever was in the, the US. Mm-hmm. But she has this really pretty blonde fauxhawk. Fauxhawk? Fauxhawk. Fauxhawk. It's mm-hmm. not a fro, but it looks dope. Yeah. <laughs> she's an incredibly gorgeous woman. In 2012, she came up with the album, Our Version of Events. And I think just. We missed it. We missed that moment. Yeah. It w- it was like number one album in the UK. Wow. And that's a um, great title too. Yeah. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a great album. And she like opened for and closed for the Olympics. I mean, Like she's a big deal there. Uh-huh. But not here. I want to buy a specific round for one song mm-hmm. called Wonder. Okay. Let me tell you about this song. You know how I don't naturally produce any optimism. Yes. <laughs> about the world. I'm familiar. And I need things to bring it to my life. This is one of those songs. You know how you have your playlist to be like, things are possible? Yeah. I Okay, maybe everyone doesn't have that playlist. I have a playlist like that. Um, that is a phrase I repeat to myself a lot. Mm-hmm. Things are possible. And this is a song on that playlist because it makes me feel like things are possible. Aww. have to blast that part Aww. it has to be playing at the top volume as you're getting dressed in the morning mm-hmm. and you have to belt it out it's like this and can't tell me nothing that i play every morning uh-huh that is why i'm here today mm. i tell myself i am full of wonder as you are and that things are possible as they are and that no one can tell me anything as they can't yes <laughs> that is my morning routine y'all good <laughs> highly highly recommend 10 out of 10 would recommend <laughs> I don't hear any words. 
We did it. We did it. Again. Yo, thank you so much to Margaret Cho Can for chopping it up with us. I know. And she was drinking with us too. Yes. Uh, love it. Love, love it when it. people drink with us. Drinking across the pond. <laughs> Shout out to the pod squad. Pod, pod squad. squad. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That devolved. <laughs> don't know. This podcast. Oh my God. Get it together, Tracy. <laughs> You ever make noises and you're like, what? Who told me to do that? You know, I can't say that. I think that frequently. <laughs> this podcast is produced by Eleanor Kagan. Yay. Editorial oversight from Jenna Weiss-Berman. And production help from Julia Furlan Julia, and Meg Kramer. Yeah, Meg, Meg, Meg. Shout out to Paul Ruess at Argo Studios. Paul! Thank you to our amazing podcast musicians Jean Gray and Don Will you can follow Jean Gray on Twitter at Jean Greasy and you can follow Don Will at Don Will thank you to Optimus Prime thank you to the Tracy I'm sorry (laughs) where did you go I don't know (laughs) I'm so excited to um, begin another year with you oh stop it you're gonna make me cry okay no crying aloud no crying aloud (laughs) As always, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Another Round. You can email us uh, at anotherround at BuzzFeed.com. If you like the show, tell a friend, rate us on iTunes, mm-hmm. little, leave a little, a little, a little. <laughs> <laughs> Just my tongue wouldn't keep, wouldn't say it. Sorry. Well, leave a little, I'm just, out. leave a review. <laughs> what? Leave a long review. Don't yes. leave a little one. <laughs> Fuck me. What? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> Drink some water, everybody. That should be your New Year's resolution. Yeah. Get your water game tight. Get it together. Uh, you got to hydrate your, your situations with water. <laughs> call your fam. Check in with your people. Make sure they're okay. Let them know that you're thinking about them. Ooh, somebody suggested that we should also remind people to floss. I think that's a great idea. Mm. Get some floss. Oh, my God. Tracy's very particular about Get some flossing. fancy floss. Let me tell you about the <laughs> best floss in the world. Fa- what the fuck is fancy floss? Because, okay, you know, like, shitty floss is just, like, that little hard, like, just, like, a really stupid I just take string. the free sample from the dentist. <laughs> that sucks. Throw that away as soon as you get home. What you need to do mm-hmm. is get Oral-B Glide flossing tape flossing what tape the fuck is flossing like tape? the it's 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 like a wider strip sort of and it just like gets more out of your teeth and it's like minty and stuff it's real nice all right invest in your flossing game yes yes <laughs> say something nice about yourself today look in the mirror and compliment yourself you are full of wonder and and you're great and take your mask yes all right y'all have a good year bye We, we did, did it! it! An episode! Ah! I have a friend, also very, very famous, who steals Keith Richards' pot because he has the <laughs> best pot in the world. And we're not sure how he gets it and procures it. And that's how much access she has. She gets in and she steals it and brings it to uh, me. And it's kind of a, whatever. It's the lesbian mafia. We are, we are global. We are on private planes and we are smoking Keith Richards weed. Oh, my weed. God. That sounds incredible. That's going to be the name <laughs> of my band. Yes. Yes.